Hello, and welcome back to The Director's Cut, brought to you by the Directors Guild of America, where each episode we bring you a brand new interview with one of the film industry's top directors, conducted by one of their peers. Remember to subscribe to our podcast on Google Play Music, iTunes, Stitcher, or on our SoundCloud page at soundcloud.com slash the director's cut. And if you're enjoying the director's cut, please take a moment to like, share, or comment. We love hearing your feedback. This episode takes us behind the scenes of director Patty Jenkins' new superhero film, Wonder Woman. The film tells the story of Diana, Princess of the Amazons, who grew up training as a warrior on a sheltered island. When an American pilot suddenly crashes on their shores and tells of a war to end all wars raging in Europe, Diana leaves her home, convinced she can stop the threat. As she fights on the front lines, Diana discovers both her powers and her destiny as Wonder Woman. In addition to Wonder Woman, Ms. Jenkins' filmography includes the feature film Monster, episodes of the television series Arrested Development, Entourage, and The Killing, and pilots for the series Exposed and Betrayal. In 2011, she was nominated for a DGA Award for Movies for Television and Miniseries for Five, Pearl, and won the DGA Award for Dramatic Series for the pilot episode of The Killing. After a screening of the film at the DGA Theater in Los Angeles, Ms. Jenkins spoke with Superman director Richard Donner about filming Wonder Woman. During their conversation, Ms. Jenkins discusses the weeks of preparation for and the eventual filming of the battle sequence on Themyscira, how her falling in love with Mr. Donner's 1978 Superman film at a young age influenced her approach to Wonder Woman, and why she believed the No Man's Land sequence was a significant and essential part of the film. This guy. Oh my God. Thank you guys. I'm so, can I just start with saying I cannot believe that Richard Donner is going to interview me for a Q&A. This is my, this is one of the greatest directors that has ever lived. I aspire she to one day. She has great taste. <laughs> so excited. Well, we want to congratulate you anyway on this second week of magic. It's ex- Thank you. Thank you, and thank you all for coming today, and I'm so grateful for everybody that's keeping the movie going strong. I really appreciate it. It's remarkable. I mean, it's passing everything, and and rightly so. And uh, how do you feel about that, kid? As I said to you earlier, you can get your car painted now. They'll give you the money. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I mean, I feel stunned uh, and blown away because I... I, I knew that we who, who were making the film together loved the film and loved the potential for the film. But uh, honestly, it goes on for so long that by the time you're done, you're, you're, you're having a very hard time keeping certainty of anything of what it is where you're like, I think that's still the movie, you know, nothing. Because very little actually changed. It's just the longevity of executing the effects and stuff. But I went into the release of the movie assuming it would be, in best case, a mixed bag, and I sort of braced myself for it, where I thought, well, listen, you're doing a beloved superhero. It's always going to end up being at least 40%, you know, like, oh, you could have done an issue, blah, 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 blah. So the, the support and positivity that the movie has received, and also just the people wanting to talk about what we wanted to talk about in the movie instead of other things, 
has been stunning and also really um, inspiring where I'm kind of like, wow, you guys just want to talk about that too. That's what we wanted to talk about. That's what you want to talk about. You don't want to talk about, you know, uh, you know, other, other issues. You want to talk about big hero arc and love and what is it to be a hero and all those same things. So it's been incredible. And the success of the movie has been super incredible and stunning and, and wonderful. Okay. That's a half hour. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> it's great though. Okay. And then let's see. Uh, oh yeah. Everybody, the, the attention that you're getting as a woman director, as a female director, does that, kind of set you back are you a female director or are you a director what do you want to be known as well that's that is a very funny issue because i don't i i i don't know that i would be here if i hadn't been as oblivious as i was coming in like i my mom is a very very you know strong feminist and and i was raised and she was very much in the struggle when I was growing up, single mother trying to put a, herself through school at the same time as she's trying to be our mom and so many things but for whatever reason, I naively thought that that was in the past. <laughs> and she raised me to be like, okay, great, now you can do whatever you want. And I really thought that was possible. And I found myself wanting to be a director. So I really did come into this career thinking like, sure, why wouldn't that make sense as a thing to pursue? I may not, I don't know if I'm talented enough or good enough or any of those things, but it never occurred to me that my gender would be an issue. And so I actually feel like that's been helpful in a way that you, I sort of just stormed blindly into it. Um, so of course, you know, to be, to be lumped up as, as only a woman director or that I could only direct women's films or that we're all the same somehow that like I, I am responsible for, you know, what the film does is responsible for other women's directors' success or the opposite, you know, it is, is, is a lot to take on. And, and I, I aspire to one day just be a director, just be like, oh, Patty, she's a, she's a director that you would want to work with, not because it's a woman, because of blah, 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 just because I'm a director that you want to work with. However, I take seriously and am, and am honored to be helping the cause of, of being a woman director, so I don't take that lightly. And I have chosen projects very carefully as a result of it. Yeah. Well, you proved it. I mean, you made a picture that tough for anybody to make. Thank you. And I never, you know, I thought Patty Jenkins was a guy. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good film. Thank you. Uh, let's see. Okay, the fight sequences. Yeah. Really done brilliantly. Fantastic. Thank you. How was that tough? I mean, it's funny. It's it's complicated and time consuming and all of those things, but it's not it's not any tougher to me than anything. Directing I feel has always been like I feel like every kind of directing I've done, be it making monster in 21 days and trying to get that much do shoot nine pages a day with that kind of performance or you know doing the killing pilot and trying to get a you know a boat a car to the bottom of a lake and pulled out and all these things and to you know another pilot I shut down the, the Chicago River it's like it's always a new totally new rest development I built a hydraulic house that collapsed on Buster it's like it's always a total nightmare you know you're always like okay so how are we going to do it I didn't find the action to be that much different I approached it exactly the same way I would anything else like where's what's the point of view and what do I want to feel in this period of time I had amazing people that I was working with who were excellent at what they do to you know work out the great stunts and work out awesome you know solutions to what all of our objectives were. 
And and so I didn't find it to be any different, but it's definitely like the 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 opening battle sequence on the beach was like a ridiculous, you know, I mean, weeks and months. It was like going to war, like the planning of sitting, like trying to strategically plan how you're going to go and, and tackle something was was a formidably complicated task. You did it well, really Thank well. Thank you. We Thank edge you. of your seat. <laughs> Oh yeah, the original comic book was not World War One. Yeah. What brought you around to World War One? Was it? Uh, you know what's cool about Nazi World fatigue? It, it a little bit, a little bit. I that decision was already being discussed before I came on board. They were not that far into the script that they had already said, let's do it in World War I. And at first when I thought World War I, I wasn't sure, but then I came to be its biggest fan and proponent because of exactly that. First of all, we've seen, because so many of these superheroes were born in the 40s, we have seen World War I, World War II as the birthplace of these superheroes so many times. And done in a very similar way. And I even think the fact that you know the historic events makes it very difficult because you either completely tune them out and make up a fantasy version, but I wanted this movie to be slightly more reality-based. So therefore now, or what are we gonna, are we gonna end up going to the camps or like what, how, how do you end up dealing with that? The thing that I loved so much about World War I was that it's the beginning of like the modern world as we know it. So many of the decisions that we are living in now uh, were being decided upon right then and there of like whether uh, mechanized war, all of these people crossing each other's borders, so many different people fighting, and it was incredibly vague uh, who was in the right and who was in the wrong. So I felt like I liked the idea of using the Germans. Oh, sure, it's the Germans. You know, like that's what everybody thinks when you think of any war in Europe, you think of World War II. But the truth is, it really wasn't the Germans. They're trying to sign the armistice. It was, it was you know, it was definitely Ludendorff was, was throwing a wrench in things, and that's all based on real history. But I loved that it gave Diana a way to see mankind and walk through mankind, which really represents our life here and now. But it's not a war that we have to get bogged down in the details of. And in fact, it symbolizes mankind at war even more so than World War II did. Yeah, it was really one-on-one. -on -one. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, while we're at that, there's a question here later. Um, oh, yeah. Casting Gal. Yeah. Is that the heard proper pronunciation? Yeah. Gal. How did that come to be? I know that she was on before you were on. Yeah, and which is crazy for how, yeah. You, you, what's crazy about it to me is uh, I am so picky about casting. I'm in, just in deeply picky. Either I, either it's a show that you've already seen and I know I love the cast or, or I would want to cast something myself just because I, I really believe in certain kinds of things in, internal to somebody and their ability to do a role, particularly when it's your lead actress. Um, so when I first, I had been talking to Warner Brothers for many years, every year or two, saying, by the way, what's going on with Wonder Woman? I still want to do it. And then all of a sudden I read in the trades that they had cast Wonder Woman for Batman versus Superman. And I was like, oh no, what is that going to mean? It's, but I didn't, until I started to look at who they cast. And then, you know, I started watching her and seeing her and I was blown away. I was like, wow, this, this person's really special. This person's really incredible. And, but it, but when I started working, when I met her, 
immediately we both jumped to talking about the much bigger issues about like what do we want this movie to be about what do we want it to stand for what do we want to and she just became my instant partner in like okay cool what do we have to do to try to make something beautiful that can have a good influence in the world x y and z and then every day that i worked with her i was absolutely blown away you you hope that you find somebody who 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 can play wonder woman but every once in a while, and, and, and I use Superman as a perfect example for this, somebody transcends that, and they, they so embody that character that they just breathe, live and breathe it. And, uh, and that's what started to happen to me with Gal, where I was like, you are Wonder Woman. You really, like, it, 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 she would even say, like, what about, what do we do? Was that right? And I was like, when in doubt, just be yourself, because you are so right. For, you're so, everything that happens inside of you internally is so beautiful and correct. Um, so she didn't do that. Of course, she acted uh, uh, beautifully, but she is so pure and true to Wonder Woman that it was just, I, I just love her and was blown away by her, and she's now one of my favorite people in the universe. Couldn't have been a better choice. Couldn't have been. They did an amazing job finding How did you Val. get turned on Amazing. Yeah, yeah. Can't, can't, can't thank her, you know, can't praise How her How did enough. you get turned on to Wonder Woman way back when, and why did it take you so long to make it, so uh, the so I, I I honestly cannot remember which of these things happened first, but there were two definitive moments in my youth. Um, number one was when I was seven years old, and my mother's car broke down, and she dropped my sister and I at the movie theater to see Superman one, and I'll never forget it. It was snowy, a cold, snowy day. And I sat there, and it rocked my world. Like, it rocked my world. I cried. At seven? At seven years old. I sobbed. I cried. I'll never forget every single moment, like, like so clearly. And I was Superman. I was Superman. Like, and I watched that movie, and the little boy picks up the car, and I was like... <gasps> You know, and then, you know, every step of that movie I fell in love with, and I'll never forget the way it made me feel afterwards, that I believed that I could be Superman. I wanted to be Superman. And then right around that same period of time, soon after, Wonder Woman, the show came on, and I was absolutely transfixed. And all of the imagery of Wonder Woman, she was my superhero. She was, I was just, you know, all the iconography and, and her and Linda Carter and the show and all those things. And it became like, that's my, that's my superhero. So I would race out onto the, onto the schoolyard. It's, I'm Wonder Woman, I'm Wonder Woman, I'm, you know, like that was, that was it. And so, you know, all those years later, honestly, I went to painting school in New York. And when I was at painting school, I had been making these little low-budget films starring me and my friends. And everybody said, you can, you know, be like Woody Allen. You can make these kinds of films. And I said, no, I want to like, uh, I want to one day, uh, and I kept thinking of Superman. It was like, I don't care about being a big director. I don't care about the any of the exterior things. But I want to one day make people feel what I felt when I saw that. So then when I got here... And after I made Monster and people started asking me what I wanted to do, the first, my first meeting with Warner Brothers, I went in and I was like, oh my God, I can't, nobody's made Wonder Woman? Nobody has ever made the origins? That's what I want to do. So that was 2005, 2006 probably. Why it took so long, listen, I don't, I don't know. I think that there was a belief system that only young boys were fueling this marketplace. 
There had been some failed female superheroes, although none as massive as Wonder Woman. And then I think there was the universe. They were trying to build the universe about which movie you're going to do first and whatever. Uh, you know, I feel like it's a, sh it's a shock and it's a shame it's taken so long for Wonder Woman to happen, but I'm super grateful because it did. I told you I had a baby between, you know, in the middle of one of the reasons I didn't make another movie for so in between TV takes. was because I'd had a baby and they did send it to me right then in 2008. They were like, would you like to write? And I was like, not now. I can't do it now. I'm pregnant, you know. And so there I'm just amazed because I thought I was going to miss it then because it was happening then. And then when I had my son, I was like, I'm not going to take on something that big for a little while. And so I'm just happy it, it waited. That's a very long-winded answer. <laughs> that baby is 19. Yeah, exactly. Manager <laughs> um, on that, you treated Wonder Woman. Um, nowadays, they make these superhero films. And they're so dark and depressing. And and there's no truth, justice in the American way. I mean, there's no, you come out and you're down. This picture is so up and so terrific, and you found a great upside. Where did that Thank come you. from? No, well, that was just great, really. Thank you. They all I, are going to copy you now, I'll tell you that. I, I think I just believe in, I believe, I, I support many different superhero movies and, and versions of them. However, I felt like I was missing Superman 1. I was missing the pure, the, I was missing what, what made me relate to that as a child in that exact way. And so I came in and said, I want, I want to... Ironically, by being by by being kicking back to older stuff, you're almost being modern in that you're. I was saying I want to make the grand classic film out of out of Wonder Woman, and that will be what you know, like that will be what's modern is that I don't see anybody else doing that, and I just believe in that. I believe that's the great. First of all, Superman and Wonder Woman are very clean characters. That's the right thing to do for them. They 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 deserve big beautiful, clean stories, particularly at their origin story. And so, yeah, it just felt like the right thing to do. I and I love it. I turn the writers around because it's just, you come out feeling so good. Oh, good. I'm Thank glad. You. Thank you. Uh, there, there's so many reports now about the, on the social media about the audience, especially women, uh, who cried during the No Man's Land sequence, which I understand you had a fight to get in. It, it's funny. It's I feel badly about this because it's being reported that Warner Brothers was against it, which it was not Warner Brothers. It was my own people on in England. It wasn't. It was. It was our own crew at at points who were like, "Why are we? Why are you doing this scene? She's not even fighting anything." So Warner Brothers was not unsupportive of the No Man's Land scene. It was much more in process that everybody was like, "What's this scene for? If, if there's no one to fight, you've already seen her block a bullet in the alley, and then she's going to go in and save this church tower. Why do you need this?" other scene but um yeah I mean it's funny because it is it makes you realize like superheroes fight other people and this was really just a scene about her you know and and so it was it was it was an interesting thing because I kept saying it's about her it's not about anybody else it's only about her and then you know it was fine the, the people who were questioning it I just said I'll just don't worry about it just let me do let me do it and then nobody's ever quite they they've and warner brothers has been very supportive of it always you know ever since so i i have felt kind of bad i didn't want to say anything i didn't want to make the 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 question bigger in the public so i haven't responded to it but i was like no warner brothers was not trying to make me take that good, scene good out. to hear good, it's a good studio thank you yeah, yeah they were not doing that oh at the same time 
the reaction by the audience. You had women very emotional in that sequence. Yeah, I'm very emotional. That was always what I was aiming for. Always what I was aiming for is that's not a small deal for her to take her first step out into the world as Wonder Woman and say, I'm doing it. I'm I've heard enough. I've heard enough. Because I love the fact that her journey is that she... She comes and she is an outsider, so of course she's looking at the world and thinking, what, what, you know, what is this, what is that? And so I wanted that midpoint of the film to be her turning point of saying, like, enough. I've heard enough, and now I'm going to be Wonder Woman. i, I, I got to pay attention here. Go for it. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. The, um, the idea, that you, uh, the origin of the story is basically original and done beautifully but you get it eats up so much time when you try to introduce something like that how and where did that come from that you guys kept it so alive you're on edge you were really committed and on your edge waiting to find out what happens this is a well this is a I love that question and it's a funny thing about modern filmmaking is that there are a couple misconceptions which I'm endlessly fascinated by one is you got to jump into the action. And I was like, well, we've been telling stories for 2,000 plus years. And that's never been a mainstay of drama. Not ever. Not ever did you start Hamlet with the battle. Never. Never. You tell a story and you work your way in for thousands of years. There's, there's ways to break all of those things. And then also tell them what the movie's going to be right away. What? That's also not a mainstay of thousands of years of storytelling, right? And so what's a mainstay of thousands of years of storytelling is universal character storytelling. So where you say, you show me uh, a planet and you show me two parents in crisis with a baby and they hold that baby and they say, we have to send our own baby away and what is gonna happen to them and you send them away, I am in, I'm in. For the 45 minutes it takes to get to Superman as an adult, I am in, you know? And so for me, I have, I don't feel, it wasn't difficult at all. I feel actually that it's a totally right. That you, whatever your story is, whether it's an origin story or whether it's whatever, you have to get the audience to connect with your character and fall in love with that character and fall in stride with that character. And then you get into the story. Otherwise, you have a great first act, and then it falls apart in act two and act three because you just blew everything on action, 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 and now fatigue, you know? And so, and so that's why I, I like loved getting to tell the story that way, loved it. Any nervousness that we ever reached about it, I would always unfortunately call <laughs> your movie up and say, let's look at Superman. Superman, 56 minutes in before the helicopter rescue and the first time you see him in the Superman, 56 minutes in or maybe a little longer. And boy, does it make it good. Boy, is the reason that you cry when he 57. pulls... 57. <laughs> when, when he pulls that, that thing off and flies up and saves the helicopter, you're crying with joy because you're so invested in the story already. If that happened right away, it would be a totally different thing. And so I, I just believe in it, and I believe in that it's so much more simple than, than modern Hollywood is making a lot of great films, but it's more simple than we think it is. It's like invest in character, tell a great story, and then everything else is on top of it if you care about those characters. Good. Okay, hey, listen. How much time do we have? Who's the timekeeper? We have a timekeeper. What? 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 <laughs> no, no. Um, 
I don't know how much time, but how about you guys? Anybody got a question you want to ask? A hundred and something. I think it was like a hundred and ten or something insane. You know, something crazy. You know what I never thought would happen? That shooting would become a lifestyle. Where, you know, shooting used to be such an exceptional event in my life. And all of a sudden now I was like, month nine. And here's the master and the close-up come down to, I've scrapped that shot. And now we're, it's like, that was all I did every day was shots. And new masker, that's a 65 mil. And we'll, you know, it was like, I just felt like a machine designed to block sets, you know, like it was all I did. So funny. Mine was that I wanted to make sure that we had fun in England. And I was like, and every, every superhero needs, needs to experience their powers before they get to the battle, to the bad guys. And so I wanted there to be those various steps of that. And, um, and then I just became delighted with the idea because I, I think that's such a great scene. And I loved the idea of there being this misunderstood reversal of like who blocks the shot. And so I just loved it. We had a great time like blocking and creating that whole thing. And then it was funny, the scene before when she leaves Selfridges and is walking down the stairs, I had it blocked in a totally different way in my head. Where she, ah, she walks down, she's got the sword, she walks out the door and I, she passes the German. And all of a sudden I realized there was a revolving door and I was like, huh. on the day I was standing there and I was like, we're doing it. We're doing the revolving door too. That's the best scene where right before he runs into Rex Reed, like on the other side, I was like, we're doing that too. So that became like the setup. Oh, I just loved doing it so much. It was so fun. And it felt like just the right amount where you're clearly tipping your hat, but you're not ripping somebody off you're just saying yep and I love the the comment on modernization who else got something talk loud she's hard of hearing <laughs> actually my hearing aids are down yeah. who's got a question here we go you know I had read Wonder Woman sort of all along so I knew a lot but I dug even deeper into it I think I took a lot from, I, I took the original run of William Marston's original run extremely seriously, most seriously. And then I, and then I think from there, you're looking at how everybody has treated Thumbscara. And then I really took it upon myself to say, okay, what's Marston doing here? He's making an idealized land that you wish you could go to and what would that feel like? So my objective was I make it feel to me now in 2016 when we're shooting it like it did then and to me I was like well you know the Acropolis and Greek and Roman columns and all of those things were much more exotic in the 40s when he wrote it but they're not now everybody's been so what how, what does that mean to me and so I, that was con that was the bar I took you know, and I think that's true with many things in these comic books. It's like you have to you have to stay true to the sentiment and not be, and therefore be beholden to the right details. So I was like, what is this land? How would they live? How can I make it feel real? How can I make it look like a place where you would want to go? And yet, like they garden differently. They're if they've found a way to use, um, you know, phosphorescence as a life source, not not electricity. It's like just solving those all of those things differently. And then how would the women armor? themselves in a way that they find cool and comfortable and and awesome you know and like and so it was it was a cool journey all of us together well i i will say 
you know, whatever the run has been at D.C., I don't think that there was, I don't think, or at least I didn't experience, that there was some objective to only do that. So I, I, I think that Chris Nolan did his films and Zack Snyder was doing their, his films and, that, and the, both of them had a slightly more serious, darker tone. But when I came in on Wonder Woman, it was part of the, there was some resistance and over the years that I was talking to them, I think one of the stumbling blocks possibly was m m uh, that I felt very insistent upon this style and tone of telling the movie. So if they were going to do it another way, that was not the, I, I wasn't the right director for that. Which they didn't want to say they were, but I was definitely s believed strongly that this was the way to do it. But then by the time they realized that that was what they wanted to do too, was tell an origin story of Diana, they were very open to what I was saying. Because I said Superman won right off the bat. That's what I want to do. I'm going to cast it with comedians and funny people. People, I want to do grand, you know, grand classic cinema. They were incredibly supportive. The whole time we were shooting the film, they were incredibly supportive. Zack Snyder was incredibly supportive. Everybody was supportive that I was doing something different. And so I don't know that they had a mandate that all the films had to be the same. I mean, I think that uh, that um, that actually all the directors who have worked on things, they have been sort of different. And so it was it was it was sad that they started getting heat. But it was also lucky that I just happened to be making this very different kind of film. And I think, you know, I think that there's all the directors ahead are, very, are all different kinds of tones. Can I just say something? My wife is one hell of a great producer. And she always says that she hires a director by their personalities because that's what you see on the screen. And I think the people we're talking about may have a little problems in life and it's dark. And you're a happy person, and you brought it to the screen, and it's important. And we thank you. <laughs> thank you. I, I just got the one-minute mark. So for that minute, I want to give you this. This is a baton Oh, that I got my God. <gasps> that was, it's time to be passed on oh to my, new champ, kid. Oh, my God. Thank that's, you. That's, uh, <laughs> I'm so, I, I can't believe that. Okay. You deserve it. That's, this is the that I cannot, I don't even know how to put this into words. You're the reason I'm here today. You're the reason I'm so here today. So are you the reason I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> so we got it made, kid. Love you. Love you. Give her a hand, guys. This is Thank you amazing, all. amazing oh. person. Thank you, guys. Thanks for listening to another DGA Q&A. You can check out past episodes of The Director's Cut wherever you listen to podcasts or on our website at dga.org slash podcast. Also, if you haven't already, be sure to subscribe so you won't miss an episode. If you're enjoying the podcast, please like, share, and leave us a review. We'd love to hear your feedback. Thanks again for listening, and have a great week. This podcast is produced by the Directors Guild of America. Music is by Dan Wally.